Hello, you're listening to the Epworth Echo. This is the community podcast of Epworth United Methodist Church, located in Indianapolis, Indiana. This is our first podcast in July. We normally try to do a podcast every other week, and if you're keeping count, we're a week behind. And that's because last week I was in Gulfport, Mississippi with the Senior High Youth on a Mission trip. If you've never listened to this show before, we always try to keep a similar format. We begin by talking about some upcoming entertainment options, whether it be movies or video games or something good on TV. Try to present that from somewhat of a Christian perspective. And then normally after that, we have another segment where we talk about all kinds of things. And usually there's a guest host who's here to talk about something, but that's not the case this time. This time I'm all by myself and seeing a blank room just talking out loud. It feels a little weird, to be honest, but... Hopefully, it's not too weird to listen to, and I'll be talking about the mission trip I already mentioned to Gulfport, kind of talk about what we did and what I learned. So let's begin by talking about some upcoming entertainment options. There's at least one big movie coming out this week. I know many people are looking forward to it. The internet is already buzzing about how how one of the actors should win an Oscar, though I'm not totally sure that's going to happen, considering this is a popcorn flick, but it's The Dark Knight. This is the sequel to Batman Begins, so it is a superhero movie. It releases July 18th, and it's rated PG-13 for intense violence and menace. I'm not entirely sure how something is rated PG-13 for menace, but I'm guessing this movie must be awfully menacing. This is, like I said, is a sequel to Batman Begins. picks up with the um, story, same actors playing Batman Christian Bale, I believe. And Batman has always had some very deep themes about heroism versus vengeance, where Batman obviously is a superhero, but he does it out of revenge for his parents being killed. And so he kind of always hears the line between being good and heroic and just sliding into being a vigilante who kills out of vengeance. And this movie promises to kind of really explore that theme. So it sounds like it may be kind of dark, hence the name Dark Knight, I guess, but it will probably be very good. I know Heath Ledger's performance is supposed to be amazing, and it may be worth checking out. Another upcoming movie to look into is called American Teens. This releases on July 25th, and it's a limited release, so if you live in a big city or near a big city, I'm sure there's at least one theater that's showing it. If you're out in a small town, it may be kind of hard to come across. This movie is rated PG-13 for strong language, sexual content, drinking, and smoking involving minors. Now, I know this doesn't sound like a type of a movie that would be kind of featured on a church podcast, but the reason for kind of focusing on it is that it's a documentary recorded in small town Indiana that follows the lives of four teenagers. Now, teenagers who were followed were picked because how they exteriorly fit kind of common stereotypes people associate with high school. There's the jock, the popular girl, the artsy girl, and of course the geek. This documentary, though, seeks to go beyond stereotypes of high school and really capture the feel and pulse of being an American teenager today. So it shows the depth of the experience of being a teenager today, and while it may be offensive, some of the jokes and language may be crude, and some people may be shocked to see what teenagers are doing today, I think it's probably worth watching because it helps all of us get a better understanding of what it's like to be a teenager today. And I'm personally curious to see what teenagers would think about this movie to see if they think it accurately portrays their lives and what they're going through. 
So if you are a parent, a grandparent, or just someone who has some kind of emotional investment in a teenager, then the documentary American Teens might be worth checking out. That's really all there is to call attention to. There are some other movies coming out this coming week on the 18th. Space Chimps looks to be kind of generic family fare. And then Mamma Mia, based off of the musical, based off of the ABBA songs, is coming out. But there's really no reason to talk about those. If you want to see them, you know who you are, and you're already going to be in line on Friday. So that brings us to talking about the Gulfport mission trip. Went down to Gulfport, Mississippi with seven other people. There were a total of four adults and four youth. What we did is that we worked on a volunteer center. where We were being housed for the week is in a small 70-member church that had been housing volunteers for the past three years. And the church just couldn't support, support the volunteers anymore. So they're building a new volunteer center as part of another church. And so we worked on that. I guess I probably should mention before I get too far that Gulfport, Mississippi is pretty much dead in center in the Katrina-affected region. So the area I'm talking about is all affected by Hurricane Katrina. So in this volunteer center, the main task we did is we hung drywall. And we hung a lot of drywall. Every single day for about eight hours a day, it was nothing but putting up drywall, putting the screws in, and just moving on to the next panel. So a lot of questions that I've been asked since we came back is what's the condition of the area? How, th- how are things looking three years out? And a lot has been rebuilt. On the last day, one of the things I got to do was go around with one of the site supervisors and just deliver supplies for the next week's groups coming in. And one of the houses we went to was just off of the coast. It still needed some work done on the floors. And we drove by a lot of houses that you could tell had either been refurbished or had been completely rebuilt. So many homes have undergone construction and have recovered. However, um, there are also lots of abandoned lots and there are piles of rubble. This is especially true along the coast. One night we just drove along the coast and for every rebuilt business or rebuilt house, there was another one where all you could see was the foundations and a big pile of rubble. So rebuilding is happening, but it's definitely not complete. A lot of the rebuilding work that needs to happen now is actually away from the coast. Once again, I was delivering supplies on that last day. One of the places we also went was over 20 miles away from the coast. And I asked, how did the hurricane hit way out here and cause damage? And apparently when Hurricane Katrina hit, it spawned 80 tornadoes. And these tornadoes were obviously all over the place, not just concentrated along the coastline. And so there are houses out in the countryside that were just completely demolished or destroyed or seriously damaged by tornadoes that were spawned by the hurricane. And many of these places in the country, these are poor people. They don't have housing insurance. They definitely didn't have um, any kind of tornado insurance. So they need lots of help. And that's what they're helping right now. Another question I've been asked is, how are people's spirits? How are the people recovering? And last year we went to Biloxi, Mississippi to do very similar work. And the house I was working on last year was across from a gas station that sort of served as a community hub. There was also a diner and lots of people in and out. And So we were in and out as well. And you could talk to the people and kind of listen to the people and get a pulse of what they were talking about. And last year, a lot of the talk still kind of focused on the hurricane, on what had happened, and what people were going to do next. And there's still a lot of uncertainty. This year, we... um. We're in a church that was an active church. People were in and out with, for various church activities. And so we got to talk to people then and could overhear the conversations. And the conversations 
this time, this year, we're much more focused on what is happening now and what, what, what's going to be happening in the future. The, the people seem to be much more upbeat and not quite as focused on the disaster that had happened to them. So it really seems that people's spirits are up. So that's where we went and what we did. Now, since we've gotten back, I've really been thinking about what it is I've learned from this trip and what I've gotten from it. And while we were there and since then, there are two Bible stories that God has really impressed upon me about this trip. The first is one of my personal favorites from the Old Testament. It's the story of Gideon. Now, some background you need beforehand about this trip is that originally we were scheduled to take 14 people with us. And about 10 days before we left, I started getting phone calls about people dropping out for various reasons. And I was really upset about this. It really annoyed me. And when I got there, we discovered that the other two groups who were also working that week also had people who got who dropped out. So we all came with less people than we had originally intended. And this is when I was reminded of the story of Gideon. It's recorded in the book of Judges. And I specifically would like to share with you Judges chapter 7, verses 1 through 8. Early in the morning, Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them, in the valley near the hills of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men for me to deliver, the, deliver Midian into their hands, in order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength has saved her. Announce now to the people, Anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So twenty-two thousand men left, while ten thousand remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, There are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will sift them for you there. If I say, This one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, This one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, Separate those who lapped the water with their tons, like a dog, from those who kneel down to drink. Three hundred men lapped with their hands to their mouths. All the rest got down their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred men that lapped, I will save you, and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other men go, each to his own place. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, but kept the three hundred, who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Now the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. So in this story, God purposely brought down the number of people. And that really reminded me of our trip that God called who he wanted. Because it turned out that once we got there and we got into the warehouse we were working to clean the drywall, it turned out our numbers were perfect for our job. And the other two groups who had people drop out also found the same experience, that the numbers that they had were perfect for their job. So the people we had were the exact people that God wanted there. So what I really learned from this is just the importance of submitting my plans and what I want to see happen to God, because God knew how many people we needed, and God made sure that we brought the number of people we needed there. And even though I was originally upset that that number was less than what we had planned to bring, it worked out the way God wanted it to work out. The other story from the Bible that this trip brought to my mind was that of Nehemiah. Now, some background, I already mentioned that last year we had came to the similar area to do hurricane relief as well. And we ended up working on people's houses. So we got to see how we were actually helping somebody. We got to meet the people we were helping. And that was a very powerful experience. This year, we worked on a volunteer center. So we spent the entire day by ourselves doing our own thing. And we never really got to interact with anybody who needed our help.
And this reminded me of Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah has a book in the Bible named after him, but I would wager the guess that most people are not too familiar with it. We tend to pass over books like Nehemiah and instead focus on books with really good stories like Jonah and the well, or Moses, or Daniel in the lion's den. And we forget people like Nehemiah. Because God had called Nehemiah to do the thankless job of rebuilding Jerusalem's walls. And even in the book, it records of all the trials and tribulations that Nehemiah went through in trying to get this done. And so, last week when we were in Gulfport, I felt a bit like Nehemiah. Because in a lot of ways, our job hanging drywall in a volunteer center was thankless and behind the scenes. But I know that God will use what we did to help other people help other people. So what we did was still important, even though we weren't directly helping somebody, weren't directly impacting somebody's lives. We were doing what God had called us to do, and we were going to do something that would have a positive impact eventually. So this reminded me, helped me learn to be willing not just to do the big things for God, the big flashy things, the things that make me feel good inside, but to also do the small things as well. Because God needs us to do things both big and small. And as I would spend literally two or three hours in a row just putting screws into drywall, this trip helped remind me of that. That anyway, it's big or small, I, I can be used by God. So that just about kind of sums up the mission trip that I took part on last week. It was a very good experience. If you have never had an experience to do a work camp or a mission trip, to give up of your, a week of your life to go do something to benefit somebody else, I would highly recommend it. It is a very worthwhile experience, and it just helps put a lot of the trivial things that we focus on in life into perspective. I would like to thank you for listening. I'm hoping just listen to me, one person, ramble on for 15 minutes or so wasn't too terribly boring. I'm not sure when the next podcast will be. Like I said, we try to do it every other week, but two weeks from now, I will be out of town, so we might try to squeeze one in before that. I would like to just mention that if you like what you hear, you can find Epworth United Methodist Church in Indianapolis at the corners of Allisonville and 65th Street. We have worship services on Sunday mornings at 8.45 and 11, as well as youth group on Sunday evenings from 5 to 7 p.m. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a blessed week.